interrupted. My theory is D Wade is Don't actually you. a spy for the Miami. Oh. He's a spy planted oh. by that the Miami. Pat Riley has sent to Utah to go ahead and oh, manipulate Donovan to come to Miami. You got breaking news, y'all. Just letting breaking you know. News. Connect the dots, damn it. <laughs> What's up, what's up, and welcome to Certified Buckets, the can't-miss NBA podcast where we hit on all things hoops and culture, brought to you by Uninterrupted. I'm your girl, Ashley Nicole Moss, and as usual, my guys are with me, Christian Winfield, lethal Yo. shooter, what's good, what's, what's good? poppin'? What's good? What's going on? I'm, I'm trying to run it up like you, lethal. I know, Wait, I'm no surprised Lethal made it, Mr. Hollywood over here. Hey, I, right. I, would, I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for you guys, man. I'm yeah, trying to keep okay. up with you guys. You already know, Lethal, Lethal got to swim through too much money to get to the podcast, Mike. Yo, I already know. Yo, nah, man, I wish. Instagram <laughs> comments lit, legit look like yeah. a VIP section in a club. I'm like, like it's absolutely sensational. Nah, I, I like, love it. Yo. Like, curiously living through you, Lethal. Let me I hold some, brothers. Nah, <laughs> let me hold some. I appreciate some. you guys. <laughs> Listen, but we, we got a special guest joining us later in the show, NBA and WNBA skills coach Alex Bazell. So we'll get into some talk with him. But before we do all of that and we get into three on five, we want to thank you guys for supporting the show. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you happen to be listening. Get at us on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we're on Instagram and Twitter. Interact with us and you might just hear your comments on the next show. All right, guys. So... Between the NBA Finals and some movements on the coaching carousel, there's a mm-hmm. lot to get into this week. So let's get it popping with 315. All right, y'all. Check ball. It's time for us to go three on five. All right. So topic number one, of course, we got to start off three on five, recapping the first two games of the NBA Finals. And we got ourselves a split series. It is tied 1-1. And they both split in San Francisco, which, you know, is definitely surprising. I thought the Warriors were going to defend home court by all means necessary. But anything can happen in the finals, as we've seen time and time again. Christian, what caught your eye the most after these two games? You know, I think just the swing from what looked like okay, the Celtics are in the driver's seat in this series after their result in game one to then the the really landslide victory that the Warriors had in game two to remind everybody they are who they are. You know, I, I'm still where I started. I think the Warriors still wrap this thing up in five, maybe six to late at the most. Uh, I think they go to Boston, hold it down there. They, they remind everybody who they are. And, you know, I think game one was a great win for the Celtics, but at the end of the day, there's the experience gap. You've got Steph. You've got so many weapons with the Warriors. Al Horford's playing like Giannis out there. You're going to get that from him every game. I'm not sure. Um, but I, I'm still where I started, which is Warriors in five, six at the most. Yeah, I mean, Lethal, some interesting numbers for you because I know you like numbers. Curry leads the series in point sixty three. Field goals made 21, three-pointers made 12, and steals, and that's through both games, both games one and two. Klay Thompson not having, you know, the best series thus far. 10 and 33, so 30%. And then from the three-point line, 26%, 4 of 15. So really, you know, not impressive numbers from him so far. Um, Jason Tatum, very interesting. In game two, a minus 
36, 13 points, 5 for 15 when guarded by NBA All-Star Andrew Wiggins. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> what yeah, do you no. make of what do you make of these numbers? It's it's a little bit different than maybe I think we may have anticipated. Yeah, we've we've always uh, said that we knew Clay wasn't going to come back and be a hundred percent. I think right I didn't. I had faith in him to. to oh, you did. My work. bad. Yeah, because I, I, I knew it was going to take a while to come back. But the one thing he's doing great for their offense, he's helping spread the off spread the floor. Mm. So mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't matter if he's zero for thirty. Unfortunately, the defense isn't going to collapse on Clay Thompson. So he's going to find his niche. Um, I feel like Jason Tatum has to, like I said before, just slow down a little bit. You know, you don't have to score all the time. Make other people better make other people better. You know, if you notice when Steph Curry's getting the the double team now, he's giving the ball up early. It's, and I've seen some clips, he even had a triple team. So I feel like when Jason Tatum comes out and passes first, he can be more efficient. Most importantly, stop settling. Um, I feel like the Celtics did a bad job last game. I feel like all they were doing was settling. It was a few times that Steph Curry was checking Marcus Smart, and Marcus Smart didn't post him up one time. He was just settling for bad shots. And I feel like mm-hmm. they should put Steph Curry in the post more. And, and another thing we need to give Steph credit for is his on-ball defense right now. Seems like he's the only one playing defense. The Warriors have been kind of lax on that side of the ball. Yeah, he, he's giving so much energy right now on defense, and you love to see it because he's been su- the person labeled that everybody wants to attack. But I do feel like the Celtics should attack him in the post, not on mm-hmm. ball, because he's been yeah. doing a good job of sliding his feet. But other than I'm going to just stick with the Celtics only because I think they're going to make that adjustment. I think they're going to post up more next game, and I, I, I think think that Jason Tatum understands the reads now because now he's starting to understand that just one-on-one basketball isn't going to work. You know, what's going on with the Warriors is what I kind of predicted when I had the series going six. I had the Warriors in six, but the reason people, you know, said, well, it's going to be a sweep. How do you have them in six? It's because of what we've seen. The Warriors have a very bad habit of flipping the switch in the third quarter, sometimes early in the fourth. And when you're playing a team like the Boston Celtics, we saw that in game one. You have to play four quarters of basketball because they're going to adjust. They're going to make you work for every shot. If you give them an inch, they're going to go ahead and take a mile. And we've seen that the Warriors learn that the hard way. And even in game two, you know, they flipped that switch a little bit sooner. It was towards the middle of the second quarter when they realized, all right, we can't continue playing around with these guys because even them not playing great, they're right there. So I think that going into Boston, that has to be the number one priority is to play four quarters of basketball and to bring that defense back. We haven't really uh, seen that defensive edge from the Warriors. I mean, Steph Curry, as we mentioned, he's playing both sides of the ball, but he seems to be the only one to do it who's doing it consistently outside of Draymond. And we'll get into him a little bit later in 315. But we I need more aggressive defense from the Golden State Warriors because mm-hmm. Boston and Boston is not going to be an easy mm-hmm. task. And it's certainly not going to be an easy task if you're not playing any D. And I know it's a very old school mantra, but I believe it. I stand by it. Defense wins championships. I don't care how good of a shooter you are. And Steph Curry is the best there there has ever been, but you got to play defense. And we're not seeing enough of that from these guys. You know, Ash, you, you touched on it earlier Tatum being 5 of 15 when guarded by Andrew Wiggins is just a testament to how Wiggins... NBA All-Star. NBA All-Star starter Andrew Wiggins has transformed (laughs) his... his, Really, the the trajectory of of his career, if he stays in Minnesota, you know, I'm not sure that we see him turn into this caliber of a defender right Mm. now. And it just goes to show you that, like, your career is never over, right? Like, your career is... Like, you're never set in stone where you are. And I, I think I said this before, like... Remember Derek Williams and when he got drafted, if Derek Williams gets drafted to the Spurs, 
instead of getting drafted to the Kings or the Timberwolves, how does his career pan out? You know, like I'm, I'm happy for Andrew Wiggins. You know, I've got a, me and other media members and everybody else who is looking at Andrew Wiggins like the Timberwolves version of him. That's not the same guy. This, his, we'll call it, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that history has been deleted, right? This is the new right. Andrew Wiggins now. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing from him. We've seen this, though, time and time again in some way, shape, or form. I mean, the player that stands out of my mind most recently is Derrick Rose, for example. You know, we saw Derrick sure. Rose in Detroit, and it looked like his career was over. You know, it looked like, you know, this may be his final stop. He gets to New York, and it's like a phoenix rising from the ashes. I think every situation has to be treated just like that. Every situation yeah. is different, and some situations just simply don't work for players, and yeah. some situations do. I mean, this is not probably the most drastic example, but even look at what has happened with CJ McCollum going from mm, Portland that's to a good New example. Orleans. Yeah. You know, he looks like, great. He looks fantastic. Yeah. And it's not yeah. like CJ looked horrendous in Portland, but he looks stagnant. He looked he way looked, better. You know, he looked yeah. like he had kind of reached his plateau. It looked like he wasn't going to be elevated any more than what we have seen, that we may have seen the best version of CJ and he gets to New Orleans and it's like a night and day comparison. Every yeah. situation chain is different for certain players and sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. And Andrew Wiggins, NBA all-star Andrew Wiggins, that is, um, has found his situation in in Golden State. And I think also when you're surrounded by guys like Steph and Klay Thompson, and I know people will say what they want to say about Draymond, but I'm putting Draymond on the list as well. For sure. It's hard to not take your game and be elevated to the next level because they just have that effect on you. And shout mm -hmm. out to... You know, Iggy, 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 Andre Iguodala, because that's Bats. a bet you want to have in your corner as well. And yeah. I think all of that has just been super beneficial to Andrew Wiggins' development, and I love to see it. Yeah, you know, Draymond. Absolutely. Once you show, once you show him you could defend at a high level one time, he's gonna right. expect you to do that forty eight <laughs> minutes, and that's what you exactly. get out of Andrew Wiggins now. We're going to go ahead and, and topic number two, we're going to look at the rest of this series because there's a lot of basketball left to be played, especially if it continues to go back and forth like this. We may get ourselves a seven-game series to close out the NBA season. And by the time we have our next episode, there might be a chance that the finals will be over. So with the series tied 1-1, Lethal, are you going to double down on the Celtics winning the championship? Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stay with the Celtics Ooh. only 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 because the reason why they lost last game is because they, they weren't playing team basketball. And we all can agree this it's not like the Warriors are playing great basketball. You know what I mean? I feel like with certain type of changes, they can beat the Warriors. So I feel like this uh Idoka uh, is gonna do a great job right. of adjusting to next game. And I think they're gonna win the next game by like eight plus. You know, if there's one thing we can say about Ime Udoka is that he's going to make the adjustments from game right. to game. Right. Um, that's something that we're going to see him hang his hang his hat on for really the rest of his career as a coach. Um, but I, I'm still rolling with the Warriors, y'all. I'm rolling with them. I think that they are the better team for sure. Uh, I don't think it's. I, I won't say I don't think it's close. I think the Celtics told us it was very close in Game One, but you know, I, I just keep looking at that experience factor that we mentioned already. Um, I keep looking at the firepower from from Steph to Clay to Wiggins to to Poole. You know, it's just so many weapons you can have out there at one time. Um, I think the I think you know it's tough, right? Because they have to win in Boston, and Boston is not the easiest Boston's place to play. Place. In trust me. Hey, listen, Miami did it. Yeah, 
Miami and didn't Miami do it. for Miami for all intents and purposes was nowhere near as a complete team when they had to do it against Boston in Boston. There was a lot of injuries people were that they were dealing with, you know, and and a lot of big names, multiple players, you know, were not a hundred percent. The Golden State Warriors are in much better health and in a much better position than Miami was when they got it done. So I agree. Yeah, I, I think there, the, there's really no excuses. You have a complete squad. You should be yeah. able to steal at least one in the TD Garden. I, I think the pushback on that is that the, the, the Heat be. are a, a much physical, a much more physical team, right? You've got Bam, yes. you've got Jimmy, you've got PJ. You can muck games up and, and like influence the, the score that way. You know, the Warriors are, are it's going to be interesting. I don't know how they're going to, React I mean, the Warriors are, you know, yeah, no, they're the walk when it comes to nah, defense. Facts. If they if they play if they play their game, they should be able to steal one. If facts. they don't, Boston may be able to defend home court. But if you take your if you take your information from Vegas right now, the odds are still split because both teams are minus one ten to win it all. So yeah, even Vegas is very confused by this series. You know, but, you know, it's crazy when Vegas don't know which way to go. So, oh, right. absolutely. Right. When Vegas don't know what to do, you have a situation on your hands. Absolutely. <laughs> it's a little bit concerning. Right. But, both. you know, I I have to, I'm I'm not going to double down. I'm going to double down on my Warriors winning the series. I'm sticking with that. But Ash, you Clay, got Clay. Clay. Yeah, I was going to say, you got Clay winning finals MVP. What's going I, on? Uh, Come on, okay. Astrodamus. I, I'm gonna have to renege on that. I'm oh, 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 your spades card just whoa, whoa, got whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me go. Let me go before y'all say something. We don't know. <laughs> he might come out the next game in forty. The next game have fifty. Don't don't do that. He might listen. He might, but it just seems that some. You know, off. we talk we talk about the finals being a different game. You yeah, know, than any other off. game, and there's a reason for that. You know, the yeah. speed's different. The, the physicality's different. Absolutely. You know, everything and anything is different about this game and or this series rather. Once you get to this com- this competition in June, and I think that with him still trying to get his legs, yeah, we've seen Clay, you know, have explosive games since he returned. I mean, you think back to the Dallas series. I think it was Game Five where he dropped like. 34 points in 37 minutes or something like that. And you said, Clay's back. It was like game six, Clay and game five. And, you know, it's great, but we're not seeing that consistently. And I think that's not because, you know, he's never going to be Clay Thompson again. I'm not a believer in that. I just think that he still needs a full season to get his legs back under him. And you can even see like, even on defense, his laterals not really there. They going he's at him. Not, he's not as quick, and they know it. They're going mm-hmm. at him. You know, even when he jump, when he you know makes his jump shots, shots that he would normally hit, his footing's a little off. His legs yeah. don't have the same hops that they used to. Right. And I, I'm not gonna equate that to him never being the same. I'm simply going to equate that to not having a full season to go ahead and get ready lethal. Do you think that's a fair assessment? Do you think No, that it's was more... a good that was a good professional assessment for sure. Like he's hitting <laughs> <laughs> he's hitting shots, but he just looks uncomfortable. Nothing looks stern, nothing looks confident. Uh I mean, the swag is there to take it. Like as shooters, mm-hmm. we really don't care, but you can tell like something's not right. But he is Clay Thompson and hopefully he has some of those games so you guys can um you know you guys can be right but i've been, i'm i've been watching them very closely they're attacking them on defense mm-hmm. um he look he just looks a step cl- uh, slower yeah so i, I think i think Steph's going to go ahead and get that award i agree with you christian we just need clay to make sure he brings his boat to the pool party 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jordan Poole is that guy. And Rocco. He, don't forget Rocco. Yeah, no, Rocco got to be on that boat, too. But listen, Poole is filling it up. He had a nice little stretch in game two that helped him pull away. Um, did y'all did y'all see the tweet where it said that Jordan Poole plays like there's nothing but bad bitches in the audience? <laughs> Yo, listen, yeah, that's a fact. He, really, he, know the vibes. he really do be hooping like that guy in high school who had like the Everybody swagger in the crowd. Yeah, and yeah, all the cheerleaders the yeah. and all the baddies would come and watch him, and mm-hmm. he'd be like, "Oh, it's go time now, baby. Let's go, let's cook." Or remind me up? back in the day. Remind me back in the day, like how my high school boyfriend would put on a show at Rucker or something when I was. Oh in yeah. It brought That's me back funny. memories of a New York summer. Anyway. Lethal, was that you? You used to have the crowd flooded with joints when you was playing? Nah, I was I was Lying like shit. I was focused. Lethal man. said, I would like to go ahead and plead the fifth Lethal one. Said, Brother, why are you putting me in a compromising position? Yeah, I was locked said. in. My bad, bro. Topic number three, I know you both are going to have a lot to say about because it is it is the man that is on the tip of everybody's tongue, if you will. And that's Draymond Green. Oh, yeah. Because yes. the, the Warriors forward has been a hot topic with his physical play and on-court antics and sometimes off-court antics. After he fouled Jalen Brown on a three-point attempt in game two, the two players got into a scuffle. The refs reviewed the play and determined that there would not be a technical foul assessed to either player. Draymond already had one technical foul from earlier in the game, and when asked on the broadcast, former referee Steve Javi said that the referees take into account who's in danger of being tossed from the game when making their decisions. This means if they know a player already has a tech, they will be more forgiving before giving them a second technical which would automatically lead to an ejection. Christian, I'll start with you. Should players be officiated differently if they have a technical foul already? Or if you commit a tech, you get a tech. Simple as that. Um, I think there has to be context with everything. So, mm-hmm. like, yes, uh, if you are in danger of getting ejected. I think we've seen it happen so many times where a player will get a tech number one for no reason, right? And then tech number two might be serious and might be an actual tech, but because they got a... a for no, for, because they got a bullshit tech number one, basically now they're getting tossed for no reason, right? So I, I think that, yes, officials should be taken into consideration. Hey, you know, this guy's in danger of getting tossed. We don't want to be the reason why fans are talking about referees and officiating be the, being the determinant. If I remember, didn't Draymond get tossed in the finals against the Cavs not too a couple years ago? He got tossed in that series and he, they ended in up that, In that game that, yeah, you know, so, changed the course of, you know, a lot of people say changed the course of, exactly. of the Warriors' run, yeah. Yeah, so like, yes, they absolutely should take that into account. But at the same time, if a player is talking crazy or if he does something mm-hmm. that warrants a tech and he's like players need to be mindful already that, hey, I've got that first tech. Let me not. And, and you know, most players do. But some guys and Draymond is one of them. He don't care. So at a certain point, you got to tee him up. So it's tough. I got to ask you, Lethal, because I know like me, you like that, you know, aggression. You like that gulliness when it comes to players. It's like, you know, shut up and play. Like, let's just go ahead and go out there and, you mm-hmm. know bulldoze people but (laughs) is there also a line to walk where i feel like sometimes draymond and this is what makes him sensational and this is what also makes him detrimental and that is he goes out there no filter just who he is does whatever he has to do to help his team win but that can also be detrimental what the overall goal is and that is to win because sometimes it's like 
take it down a couple notches. Like it's yeah. not necessary right now in this moment. Save it for another time. Save it for later in the game. It seems like he doesn't have an off switch sometimes, you know? Well, I feel like that's what makes Draymond Draymond. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people say he needs to chill, but if he chilled, the Warriors wouldn't be in the NBA Finals. And I feel like if they feel like he needs to chill, the other team needs to take their energy to the next level. And I feel like what's happening in the NBA, dudes be playing the victim when other people act like that, um, crying to the ref or crying to their teammates. Nah, just meet him with the same energy. You know, I'm not promoting violence. I'm not promoting... Right people cussing each other out in the court but it's like bro if you out in the court and somebody acting like that all right cool i'm gonna wait five minutes and i'm gonna get you back the same way you got me and i feel like with the nba right now i love what he's doing you know what i mean like people say that's not basketball but it's like every team that won a championship name one team that didn't have a player like him every every team had that guy but Mm -hmm. let me play devil's advocate here and if draymond already has a tech right which he did which he does Right. And say Steph Curry and Jalen Brown get into each other's face and, you know, right. they're just, you know, talking crap and doing what you do in the finals. Aggression is high. Adrenaline's high. Lots on the line. Should Draymond come from all the other way on the side of the court and get in Jalen's face knowing he already has a tech? Or well, is that detrimental to what the overall goal is? And what, like, is that yeah, is that's that a feel. That it's- that's a feel. So that's that's all right. I got a tech. I know I can't run over here crazy, but let me run over here. And push Steph away. All right, if I don't got a tech, I'm going to run over here and I might push Jalen, if that makes sense. So it's like, okay. it's just an understanding of the two. Uh, and, and that's what Draymond has mastered. He understands when to go to 100 and when to just keep it at 80 and when to try to, I guess they say, pull somebody's shorts down or when to, because Draymond will fall on you, act like he's trying to get up, but kick you in the head and all type of stuff. And, and I'm not even <laughs> mad at it because I realized that these are the mental games. All right. What's different than Draymond was doing what Dennis Rodman was doing to Karl Malone? Nothing. Nothing. It's the same thing. But it's just in today's basketball and social media and and Mm -hmm. this this new, uh, I forgot the name of this generation. Let me me ask you this, though. If if Rodman was to get ejected from a game, from a series. Right. Right. But but that's when Rodman knew to not do certain things, and that's what Draymond knows when to do and when not to do. And if you don't, that's what makes you that's, that you're not a professional. You're not a professional when you're just out there just doing stupid stuff. Draymond knows what to do to bother people and then step back and then bother people. And that's what Dennis Rodman used to do great with Karl Malone, like go and smack him on the butt and then be at the free throw line and tell him, oh, you look good. Like just mental games. And then he knows when, when he's about to get kicked out, okay, let me step back and then me, let me rev it back up and that's what every team uh has you, to that's what you got to do to win by doing that because it's a different game now than it was back when Robin and Malone were playing do you think that you're also yeah. kind of playing Russian roulette with the referees because what if you get a ref who's just not having that and we've seen that before you have a you have well, a that's, you that's, have a referee a who's like no nah, no nah, let him play we're good or you have an officiating crew that's like no 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 it's right. cool it's not what and then you have an officiating crew like I'm not having that during my game get the hell out of the game and now you're ejected like I think that it's a well that's a feel you got you got to know who who's reffing okay Chris reffing today Chris allows me to do certain stuff I'm going to do it. Okay, Ash reference today. She, I noticed when we played against the Clippers, she didn't allow me to do this. So let me do let me do it just a little bit. And that's right. the part of professionalism. You got to know who's reffing. You got to know when to poke the bear and when not to poke the bear. And that's what he's mastered. But the people on social media who, some people on social media that never hooped competitively, they they say, oh, he's he's doing some sucker stuff. Well, you guys must never true. have played competitively.
competitive sports because lacrosse, hockey, uh, uh, any sport uh, like that's competitive, it, that's a team sport, they have that one person that is like, oh, shit, here come. I remember when I blah, used blah, to, blah, just be ready because we and it was my turn to spike the ball. Yeah. I'd purposely spike it full yeah. throttle. Mm. I did in, played in middle school and high school. And wow. when I was in high school and it was my turn mm. to spike, I remember purposely spiking it full throttle, like not to hit him in the head, but to almost graze the head to, yeah. be, to let them know like, yo, I'm here. To, and it's about to I'm go here. down. Yeah. Like it was mind games. Yeah. I, exactly. I get it. You know, exactly. real ones though. So I'm a, I, I agree with Draymond. So. CJ McCollum had an interesting shout out to CJ making his first take debut as and looking clean, yeah, yeah, yeah. looking like and a grown man up there. CJ doing his thing. Right. Listen, I hit up CJ after his debut and I said, "Yo, who is your suit guy? Because right. he needs a raise." But right. he had something interesting to say in one first take. He says, "Was it extra? Absolutely. Did it deserve a technical? Absolutely not. Not, not in the exactly. finals. Not in this exactly. situation. The, the referees finals. can't control the outcome of the game. Exactly. I thought that they handled this situation accordingly and." I think that's fair because we can't have it both ways. There's so many times that we have this debate or we're on Twitter and we see people complaining about the referees and how they're controlling the game and how they're making it about them. And they're not letting, they're not letting these guys play and they're, you know, um, unfairly dictating the outcomes of important games and games that can go ahead and change a team's season. And then you have, on the other hand, people complaining about, things like this not being called as text in the NBA finals. Mm -hmm. Like you can't have it both ways. You can't ride the fence on this argument. I don't think this is a bad look for the league. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a bad look for the league no, when you not. have people handing out, you know, excuses and justifications. I don't feel that it is. I feel like there are situations, every situation's different. And the NBA finals, let these guys play. They've worked their entire season to get to this point. If trying to, you know, pull a guy's pants down and maybe, you know, pushing him to the ground when he tries to get up results in a in a tech and then results in an ejection, I don't want to watch that basketball game. Like, it's it's boring. I don't want to check that out. We don't want a soft NBA. That's what I was about to say. There's no basketball player that has never been in a game and somebody was over top of them and they didn't try to pull their, pull their shirts down. What about the famous Tyloo step over? Well, Tyloo, uh, he was in shock. Like what AI did right there, it was like, oh my god! Like he's in shock. That was disrespectful. But Tyloo ain't that type of hooper. Tyloo isn't the type of hooper where if somebody step over him. You, you got hoopers where if you step over him, y'all know what they're gonna do. They're gonna try to stand right up to knock you over if that makes sense. Right. But there's no hooper that hasn't tried to retaliate when somebody stood over top of him. I'm not mad that Draymond tried to pull his shorts down because they both <laughs> they both were wrong. Yes, but when Jalen tried to stand over top of him that's when draymond like yo hold up because now his 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 brain yeah. tweaking out yeah i love Jaylen, it Jalen said in the press conference yeah he, he tried to put my shorts down don't know what that was about oh yeah because you <laughs> stepped up to him but the thing is does that mean what draymond did was right no but i do love it because it's the nba playoffs and this it, and you gotta do what you gotta do to win that ring long as they're not that's out right. there hurting people and spraining ankles and poking people in the eyes and doing stuff. Right. Basketball and all sports, just like life, is a mental game. All right, so topic number four, Christian. I know you are going to have a field day with this one. It seems like you've been oh, waiting brother. for this moment, so here we go. Oh, Quinn Snyder man. has stepped down as head coach for the Utah Jazz, putting a new name on the market, but also possibly starting the process of a complete rebuild 
for the Utah Jazz. As of now, the Jazz have expressed that they have no intention of trading NBA All-Star Donovan Mitchell. But according to Woj, Woj up to his old ways, Mm -hmm. this move has left him unsettled, unnerved, and wondering what it means for the franchise's future. Christian, why don't you tell Donovan what this means for his future? And before you answer that, I will say that Donovan Mitchell has come out on Twitter and said that he's not responding to a lot of the lies that are out there, but Mm. a lot of people are lying on his name and making things up and he's not having it. So do with that information what you will. Oh, man. I don't know what he's calling out. Um, I'll, I'll say this. I'd be confused if I was him, too. I think he was calling out the report that Quinn Snyder tried to call him and Donovan wasn't taking his calls. Oh, that's tough. (laughs) Man, I don't know how people got access to Donovan Mitchell and Quinn Snyder's phone logs. But anyway, um, (laughs) I I think I'd be a little I wouldn't maybe not concerned is the right word. But like if if we know anything, it's that Quinn Snyder is a solid head coach. Right. There's 29 other teams that would love to hire Quinn Snyder right now if they had a coaching opening. Right. Maybe your Knicks. if, if, If Tom Thibodeau happens to go. After this season, y'all would probably love to have Quinn Snyder on your roster. Who knows? He'll probably you know, be hired by then somewhere else, though. Yeah, probably. no, I, I think he wants to take a year off. I think I've been reading reports saying he wants to take this season off and, and just, like, get away and then come back next year. Um, I, I think the Jazz problems, their issues go deeper than coaching, right? I think they have a roster issue. They need to figure out which way they want to go. And I think they're not done. I think this is the first domino, and we're going to see becoming, like, a huge, like, rebuilding, as you said, offseason. But I don't think it's going to be a rebuild. They can't rebuild. They can't go to 20 and, and 62, right? They need to be back in the playoffs next year. So I think it's going to be more so of a retool. I think we're going to see some of those names that we saw, maybe Mike Conley, Rudy Gobert, some of those guys, and we're going to see guys moving. There has to be a new team. It can't be the same thing. And this is why I've right. been telling you guys about Portland for a while, bringing the same thing over and over and over again and not getting to that goal. You got to shake things up. And, yes, Quinn Snyder is part of shaking things up, but they've got a lot more work to do. Some names that have been thrown in the mix, Johnny Bryant, Terry Stotts, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Frank Vogel are Mm. all rumored candidates, early candidates, to go ahead and replace Quinn Snyder. Lethal, do any of those coaches do anything for you? (laughs) I mean, they're they're all great coaches. You know, they're all great coaches that have done great things and deserve coaching jobs. But I feel like um, the Jazz, they need a little little shakeup. You know what I mean? Mm. I think, you know... If I was the GM, I probably wouldn't go in that direction right there. But, you know, who knows? Maybe it is one of these coaches. But if I was the, the GM, I'd probably go in a different direction right now. What what direction you think, Alito? Like a like a like Mark Jackson? You want you want Mark Jackson vibes in there or not? Nah? I, I, I think so. Like, I think, uh, you know, coaches like him bring bring out. Yeah. Um, not saying these coaches don't. These coaches do a great job of bringing out the best in players as well. But I think Mark Jackson can bring out. Um, the best in these guys, and most importantly, get these guys to connect better. Because, like me, me, you, and Ash said before, like what, like what the hell's going on with you and yeah. Rudy Gobert? Like, let's sit down, let's have dinner, and let's be grown <laughs> men and stop acting like this. Like, if, if, all right, cool, you don't want to be here, get out of here, then. Because it's like, yeah, like, one let's, of them, let's, honestly, one of them got to go. Yeah, let's yeah. let's 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 yeah. get this going. But if but if you them. guys want to win a chip, because they're getting there every time, they get. But it's just like it's always the smallest things that you could tell in the court that people are being complete weirdos. Like somebody come off the bench <laughs> and they, you won't shake their hand or something like it's like. Come on, like yeah, let's let's be a team. Yeah, 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 we're too old. We're not. This isn't middle school basketball. You know what I mean? But that's the type of coach they need. Not saying uh, Quinn Snyder wasn't like that, but it's just like they they need bluntness. You know what I mean? Because they yeah. had the pieces to go a little bit more further than they went this year. Yeah. The elephant in the room. Before we move on to topic number five, Donovan Mitchell 
you know, the, the Quinn Snyder step down may or may not have been a surprise to him. Um, obviously Utah continues to underperform in the postseason, and they, you know, they don't live up to the expectations that they set for themselves and they set for the fans in the regular season. What does this mean for him and his future in Utah? Is he going to move? Is he going to stay? What's going to happen with that situation? Christian, Christian, go ahead and look into your, your, um, crystal ball. I got, I got to pull an Astrodomus here. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we're going to see Dwayne Wade play a bigger role here as part of that franchise. I think as Absolutely. someone who's been in Donovan Mitchell's shoes and who's won at the highest level, he knows what needs to happen in between, right? He knows the pieces that Donovan Mitchell needs both on the court and off the court. Um, mm-hmm. I think Donovan Mitchell gives Dwayne Wade a chance. I think that's what it is. I think he's going to, I think that's what it's going to have to come down to because the rest of the franchise hasn't been able to do it. Right. And I think it's going to be tough, but the Jazz, they have pieces that they can trade. They have players out there that are that make sense to put next to him. You know, Donovan Mitchell's going to have to, you know, he's still got years on his deal. So it's not like he can just leave in free agency. Here's my theory. Uh oh. My theory is D Wade is Don't actually you... a spy for the Miami. Oh. He's a spy planted oh. by that the Miami. Pat Heat. Riley has sent to Utah to go ahead and oh manipulate Donovan to come to Miami. D Wade the Heat Lifer. D Wade wow. as in so, this so he's game, a he's D-Wade a he's a spy. Bay, as in D Wade Boulevard. As Imagine. in 305. He has an he earpiece. Has been, he has been he implemented into the Utah Jazz system by Mr. the godfather Pat Infiltration. Riley to go ahead and recruit Donovan Mitchell to the oh 305. Oh Pat Riley God. has been too calm Mm-hmm. In the face of defeat in the NBA Eastern Conference Finals, and that is because he has a bigger plan at bay, and that plan involves D Wade being the mole and taking down the Utah Jazz organization from the inside and doing what he was sent to do, and that is bring Donovan Mitchell to Miami. Imagine if that's actually what's happening. It's not if it is happening. Watch, just wait. We got on breaking it. news, y'all. Just letting breaking you know. Breaking news, you if know. That happens, know. If that happens right there, like we need to all put in a number to the lottery. <laughs> no, no, if that happens, you, Utah, they, they need to relocate to Seattle. Because they let Dwayne Wade walk up in there and steal their prospects. Nah, so. Oh, my Nobody God. finds it suspicious that of all the teams D-Wade could get ownership in, he chose the <laughs> Utah Jazz? Come mm, on. Mm, oh, mm, connect the dots, damn it. You He's spending Pat Riley money. That's not even his money. That's Pat Riley money. So Y'all never really seen Donnie, Donnie Brasco before? Come on. Oh, this is gold. Connect ass. the dots. Connect hey, the dots. We need, we need this clip. That's we'll circle back. Here. That's all I'll say. Well, listen, topic number five, the Utah Jazz aren't the only ones going through a coaching change. The Los Angeles Lakers on Monday introduced their new head coach to the public, Darvin Ham, with their introductory press conference. Coach Ham vocalized confidence in the current Lakers point guard, Russell Westbrook, who was actually in attendance, and displayed leadership qualities that Laker Nation has been craving out of their head coach. Mm-hmm. Lethal, what are your expectations for Coach Ham and the Lakers heading into next season? I think he's the right guy for the job. Um, I feel like the Lakers, respectfully, the players are great. I love the players. The players are tough, but they need that toughness back. I'm not saying that Frank yeah. Vogel isn't a tough guy, but they need mm-hmm. somebody to just be blunt. They need somebody to tell the guys – you know, hey, shut up, you know, you know, or hey, this is what I'm going to do and you're going to stick to it. If not, you're going to sit down. You need someone to be like, look at me. 
I right. am the captain now. Right, right. <laughs> I'm serious though, but like they need somebody to not be afraid to get fired. They need somebody that's gonna uh, just have that that not saying that Frank Vogel doesn't have it, but just that will that that eye of the tiger. You know what I mean? Like where is yeah. that? Like they look over there and he gives them that look. Like you know what what the f are you doing? Like you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like if you do that one more time, you're sitting your ass down. And I think with yeah. that and the right defensive coach and the right skills coaches. Man, we all can say that this team should have went a little bit further last year, and, and you know, and now we already know they're going to slaughter how some of the players. That's going to come out soon, mm-hmm. um, so they're definitely not going to make mistakes this year with the players. But I think they did a good job of bringing in a strong-willed coach. Well, when you 100%. talk about strong-willed, Christian, before you give me your take, you know, also in the mix is Rasheed Ball. Don't lie, Wallace, who is now an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. Talk about technical Listen, fouls. the combination of Darvin Ham and Rasheed Wallace is going to be a very loud locker room and very loud practices from this point forward in L.A. Christian, what are you thinking of this duo? How do you feel about them? Uh, that's exactly what the Lakers needed, kind of echoing on Lethal's point here. You know, players like LeBron, like an AD, even like a Russ, they need guys, they need a coach that's they're not going to be able to walk over that they're going to have respect for as a player, right? And, and that's what you're getting with Darvin Ham. What did Darvin Ham say coming out on, on ESPN? He said, hey, we want Russell Westbrook to get back to being the head of the snake defensively. Do you guys remember those Team USA days where it's him and Andre Iguodala just wreaking havoc defensively on whoever's bringing the ball up? That's the Russell Westbrook I miss. I miss that guy who could full court press somebody the whole length of the floor, come away with the steal. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That's what they need. Uh, Darvin I like the energy that he's bringing. This is why I've been saying all year, I'm bullish on blackhead coaches. You know what I'm saying? Because blackhead coaches can connect to their players in a different way. Not saying that whitehead coaches can't or that anybody else can, but it's just different when it's coming from somebody that looks like you, that's been in your shoes before. Um, I I can't wait. I think this is what they need. I think the Lakers, they're far from perfect, right? They still have to have a great offseason to complete this roster. Um, I love the hiring. I love the energy that Darvin Ham's bringing. I think you can only get better by having Rasheed Wallace on your staff because if you don't want Russell to get that tech. She will take that tech for you. You know right. what I'm saying? Like it, it's great. Eyes. Yeah, I can't wait. I, <laughs> I will say, can't I'll, I'll play devil's advocate before we close this out. The only concern is you can bring all you know the loudmouth coaches, the roughneck coaches, you know the guys who aren't afraid to go ahead and talk the talk and walk the walk. Mm-hmm. But you know the concern is one: you have Anthony Davis who has proven to be very injury prone. You also have a much older roster than a lot of the other teams in the West. Sure. And you can go ahead and bring, you know, Jesus down to coach this team, but you can't Mm. go ahead and change their age and you can't go ahead and change their longevity. And that's going to be the concern. And that's going to be the interesting thing is how he combats basic chemistry basic mm. you know um autonomy or what is it anatomy there we anatomy. go yeah. anatomy <laughs> is and that is is that this is a much older roster one of the oldest yeah. in the nba and as we've seen it come it catches up to you at some point in some way sometimes all at once and sometimes yeah. at the wrong time so that's going to be the biggest thing i think that it's a great head coaching decision i think it's a great assistant coach decision but how they go ahead and combat something they cannot control is going to be very interesting to see. And I just hope that people remember that factor before they start pointing the finger and blaming blaming Coach Ham for whatever shortcomings he may deal with, that you can't go ahead and change the ages of these of this team. You just can't. Yeah. That's just you, not how that know, works. I think 
hopefully people aren't delusional enough to think that he can do that, right? Like when you look I mean, at LeBron's age, we saw it with age, Frank Vogel. So yeah, well, yeah, well, I mean, someone had to go, and unfortunately, it was him. Um, yeah. I, I think that's that's what the reality of the Lakers is. This right, you have a two year window tops to win the championship with LeBron James. Otherwise, it's it, you're getting you know what I'm saying diminishing returns at that point. Right. Um, and and you have to build that roster around that. So yes, you need young players, talented, but you also don't have cap space. So the reality mm-hmm. of the Lakers season is they're going to have to build this team throughout the course of the year when that buyout market comes, when the trade deadline hits, when players become free agents out of nowhere. That's how they're going to have to build this roster up because entering the offseason with no cap space and really three or four role players, three or four real players on your team, it's not really a, a, a recipe for success. But I think we understand that that's out. That's not outside of Darwin Ham's control. It's just a matter of that, you know, he's going to have to have input on who they sign this offseason. All right, that does it for three on five. Let's hit up the certified hotline and bring in our special guest, NBA and WNBA skills coach, Alex Basil. Alex, what's going on, man? How you doing, bro? I'm doing good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, of course. First and foremost, now that we have, we're recording now, congratulations on fatherhood, yeah. man. Just, just give us a walkthrough, man. How's it been? Is, are, are your hairs turning gray already or what? <laughs> I, you know, that's why I'm wearing the hat. Um, <laughs> it's been it's been uh, way different than I, I could have ever imagined. It's been awesome. Mm, yeah. It's been it's been exhausting, but it's also been worth every every single second of it. Mm, um, yeah. So it's it's been cool. But as you know, like with men it really puts it into perspective of just how useless we are at times so i try to i i, I try to pitch in wherever thank you for I can. saying that um, oh no so it's it's been it's been um incredible to watch uh, just really the evolution of, of nafisa and, and and what all she has to do uh mm-hmm. from just a mother's standpoint and as, as a father especially in the early days you just try to step in and plug in where you can and, and not screw up too, too much. Um, but it's been yeah. awesome. You're now Thanks, part man. of the treasured club that the late, great Kobe Bryant kind yeah. of put at the forefront, the girl dad yeah, that's club. Right. The girl dad club. Um, you actually worked with Kobe. So now that you are a girl dad and you know, you worked with him at the Mamba Academy, mm-hmm. does it kind of just make that experience even more special and meaningful right. and, you know, kind of sad also. Yeah. Well, I think it, it is, it, it is even more special. And a lot of it is because of you, when you watch the way he was with Gigi and his other daughters, um, you never really truly understand until you are a father. Um, so it really made me appreciate all the lessons that he was teaching me without him knowing he was teaching me. Um, so there's a lot of, 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 uh, lessons that I learned from him that weren't ne- necessarily basketball related. I think the, the most I learned from him was off the court. Um, and I think that's what's most important at the end of the day. And that's what he was teaching the world to see um, in, in being a great father, more than a, a great basketball yeah. player or businessman, anything else. And, and I think that was the most important um, thing that he taught men um, to, to really take it, take advantage of that, uh, of that relationship with a daughter and, and not put too many expectations that um, were his expectations on her. And I think that was the most yeah. important thing that I wish a lot of parents would see. And, and I know, Chris, you, you deal with a lot of athletes as well. And I think at times we see parents try to live curiously through their their kids and it, and it places a really unhealthy relationship on them and the sure. reason i was able to 
probably step in at the right time wasn't because Kobe thought I was going to be a better trainer for Gigi. It was because he wanted to have that relationship. That was way more important than what kind of player she turned out to be. And I think that was that was really cool uh, for me to be a part of. I've heard of your, your company multiple times. We have a couple mutual friends through the lens. Um, but reading the description that we have here in the rundown, um, which is, you know, helping athletes position themselves in Web3, mm -hmm. that's different from what I've heard before, right? Because I believe before it was more so kind of like almost like a masterclass type of thing. Yep. Um, am, am I right on that? Can you talk to me about the, the change in, in direction and where you guys are headed with Through the Lens now? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, initially this whole concept I was uh, I was positioning to put together for Kobe. So we had talked a lot about just trying to help athletes monetize, right? And, and sure. control the content, control their IP, not give it away to the bigger brands. Um, and that was always the positioning. So I think when we started, when we launched, what was cool about it was, um, you know, obviously when Kobe passed away and COVID hit a couple months after, I came back to St. Louis just to decompress from everything. Um, yeah. And I got a call shortly thereafter from Carmelo Anthony and Carmelo and I became really tight when he was mm -hmm. out of the league. So he called me up out of the blue I do. We worked really closely. We developed a really tight relationship because he he was at the bottom of probably where he's ever been. Um, and yeah. it, it, it caused our relationship to expedite in that way because there yeah. were there was no false realities. It was just like, hey, here's what's going on. How do we how do we fix this? How do we get you back to where you should be? Um, yeah. So we became very close during that time. So he was the person that called me. I didn't realize Kobe and him had talked about what we were trying to do. Um, so he was like, listen, I don't know what you guys were thinking of. Bring me in on it. Let me help. Let me get this mm -hmm. thing rolling. Um, so that was where everything kind of kickstarted back off. So Carmelo Anthony became a co-founder, first person to put money in the business, which was huge. As you know, like it's just, it's nice to get that, that level of commitment. And it wasn't even necessarily, the whole business model wasn't flushed out at all. He was just like, listen, yeah. I believe in you as, as a brother and I want to help. Where can I help? Mm. Um, and that was that was probably the most uh, gratifying thing about it all. At the end of the day, it's just about relationships, right? Like the, the money's yeah. going to come and go. Uh, the, yeah. the, everything that we talk about it is really tangible, right? And relationships are long lasting. So when we launched, you're right. We launched under the concept of trying to be a masterclass for sports, and really with the evolution of F, uh, of Web three and and. Mm -hmm really tending towards athletes being able to control that IP even further. It was kind of a yeah. no brainer transition. So, um, you know, it was a lot of conversations that we had had with, with previous athletes from, you know, Kyrie Irving, I'm very tight with, and he's obviously in the know on, on all that as well. Um, yeah. Kevin Durant came in and invested, which was, which has been awesome. So it's been a lot of conversations and, and knowing in living with an athlete and knowing all the, all the hoops they have to jump through just to really, you know, you have to sacrifice, right? Whatever it is, like there, there comes a price and you have to weigh, should I control all this or should I give up a lot of that for the upfront check? Right. And now with the evolution of Web3, you've kind of, you've, getting, you've gotten rid of that a little bit. So that's what I'm most excited about. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about Carmelo, Kobe Bryant, my all-time favorite player. Carmelo's also on that list. I'm a Knicks fan, so I had... A lot of pleasant memories with <laughs> Carmelo. I also absolutely loved his memoir. I thought it was so insightful and just vulnerable and just, you know, so many things. If you didn't know about Melo, now you knew after reading that book. 
But we've seen him transition. We've seen him go from the famous hoodie mellow when they asked him if he was coming off the bench and he said, who's coming off the bench? And now you see him in L.A. and he's willing to do whatever he has to do, whatever role he has to be. In your conversations from point A to point B, what is something about him that people are unaware of that had led to that drastic switch in his personality and his willingness to put his ego to the side uh-huh. and be whatever he needed to be to whatever team he was a part of? That's a good question. And I think the thing that people don't know most about Mello is he has an incredible amount of self-awareness, which has allowed him to transition, right? Well, you see a lot of former superstars, and I think we can all agree Mello was a superstar. Um, superstar. And it's hard to give that up right? Because there's a lot of ego at play. And then there's a lot of uh, media narratives that are then put out and spun out and to kind of swallow your pride and say, okay, I'm not the player I was, but I can still be a huge asset to a championship team or to a playoff team. And I think it was, it was taking that first step and then deciding, okay, now what do we need to do to get you back in a position, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of it at the start was just, we had to change the narrative. Right. And we had to let people know that Mello was open to playing a role that was open to coming off the bench. He was he knew he had to work on his defense. It was all these is like if we can just be transparent, then no one can say you're not willing to do those things. So that was probably step number one before we talked about anything technical on court. Wow. Mm. I love that. Yeah. So you've you've worked with the top NBA players, the top WNBA players, and you're definitely well known around the world. If you had one player you could train that you've never trained, um, retired or present, which what one player would it be? Don't say Michael Jordan because that's the easy answer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no um, and I don't think it would have even been Kobe. I was I was really grateful to have met him when he was retired, mm-hmm. and I think that mm-hmm. that helped our relationship because I, I asked him, I was like, "What'd you do for training?" He's like, "Dude, I didn't. I knew, I knew what I wanted to do, and I just had some guys rebound for me. I didn't really listen." To anybody. <laughs> so it's a good question. Um, man, that's put me on the spot. I think Uh-oh. I think I think Maya Moore, honestly, mm, might be might that's be a my sick answer. one. Because That's a sick one. I think Maya, she's kind of like the way Barry Sanders was in football. She stepped away yeah. at her peak. And Man. I think she doesn't get talked about enough in like the GOAT mm-hmm. conversation. Um, and just learning, obviously, Nafisa plays in Minnesota. And she was coming in on the heels of like Simone Augustus playing with Sylvia Fowles right now. And I think uh, just from what the stories I've heard about Maya and like her commitment mm-hmm. and just like her drive, I think we would have clicked really well. Um, yeah. You know, like I, I've been really fortunate to work with Candace Parker a ton. And yeah. Candace reminds me a lot of like the way Kobe was. She's very stubborn, um, mm. but she's very smart. And she knows that she's probably the smartest person in the room. So we, mm-hmm. we, we have a great dynamic where we can kind of challenge each other and lean into that um, where we both at the end of the day, it's, you have to drop your egos and you know, this more mm-hmm. than anyone, Chris It's like, we have to drop our egos to where we're not always going to win every battle. The athlete has to drop their egos, knowing that like we're here for the best interest of them. So mm-hmm. I don't, you know, aside from Maya, I don't know if there's like a, a player that really sticks out to me because I always gravitate towards personalities uh, more yeah. than anything else. I want to go back to a player that you mentioned, Kyrie Irving. A mm. um, lot of conversation about Kyrie in some way, shape or form this NBA season. Some good, some bad, some right in the middle. 
But one of the conversations that constantly is had about him is how he is the most skilled basketball player ever. And some people agree. Some people disagree. I tend to be someone who agrees. From your perspective, what makes him different than any other player you've ever worked with? And mm. do you agree that he's the most skilled that we have ever seen? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue he's not the most skilled. Um, mm. But I think what makes him the most unique, honestly, isn't what maybe anyone would think of. I think it's more balance oriented. He's got the best mm. balance of anyone I've ever seen. Like you hardly ever see Kyrie just like come off something, get hit and just naturally fall. Right. Like mm. if you look at a lot of pictures, it's crazy. Like some of the still pictures out there of Kai where his shins are like parallel with the floor. There's something different about like the way his biomechanics are that allow him to get in position to jump and finish in the air and have all this yeah. different kind of touch and feel. And I think a lot of it is through that. Like I, I, I always try to dig in, especially with a child now. I'm like, okay, what did your father do? Or what did your, what, what, <laughs> what did you do at a young age to get you where you are? Because a lot of it is just natural talent, right? Like he, mm -hmm. he, the way he develops and the way he works on his game is playing. Because he's at a point now where it's like, there's nothing, there's no little thing that we're going to be like, all right, Kai, we're going to work on your left hand today. You know, it's like, oh, we're going to work on this move today. And that's not the way Kai operates. Some players, yes. But for him, mm -hmm. um, he's always just been really uh, natural with it. And I think the number one thing that's always stuck out to me, aside from just like the talent, pure talent level, is just his balance is, is, mm. is insane to me. Christian, you've seen that balance up close and personal, you know, working oh, yeah. with the no, Brooklyn I'm, Nets. I'm, I'm one of the people that agrees that, you know, of mm. all the players that I've seen play, Kyrie would probably be the most skilled, unless we're obviously considering Kobe in that conversation as well. Mm -hmm. But we see the parallel there. Um, just watching him play is amazing. Um, I, I kind of had questions going back to what we were talking about with, with your company, um, specifically helping athletes get to the web three space, you know, web three is kind of like a vague umbrella that covers a bunch of different things, you know, and a lot mm -hmm. of guys, some people will be thrown off by the term web three because they don't understand what it means. I'm someone who, you know what I'm saying? I'm into NFTs, into crypto, into all that. So I kind of have an understanding. What, Christian what exactly... constantly tries to teach us, but we still don't get it. <laughs> I, I was trying to have, I we apologize have for him, Alex, all but just I listen know is to there's him. Like, all I know is there's a metaverse with a couch. <laughs> we were supposed like, to be recording this podcast in the metaverse. I, I man, made a lot of sense, Why are you but... doing this with company, Chris? <laughs> listen, because it's supposed to be. Let's, okay, anyway, and this is why, right? This is why I wanted to ask mm -hmm. this question because uh, you've got people like Lethal and like Ashley who maybe <laughs> don't know exactly what Web3 means. Can you can you kind of give us a, like an idea of what your what kind of resources and services you're giving to these athletes to bring them into that space? Yeah, I think um, the the easiest way to explain it is Web three really allows for complete ownership, right? Like think of an athlete most of the time. Like let's take Kyrie for instance. He's signed with Nike, right? When when mm -hmm. Nike sells that original shoe, Nike's going to get a big cut. Kyrie's going to get his royalty. But if, if I buy it and I take it to StockX or I take it to eBay and I go resell it, mm -hmm. there's 0% that goes back to the original creator, which is Kyrie and Nike. What Web3 does is he any product that he puts out that's with under his ownership, anytime it is traded, and the only way it's traded is on the blockchain. You can't take it mm -hmm. off it and trade it in person. The only time it's traded, that royalty always goes back to the original owner, which in our case is always going to be the athlete that's going to benefit. So that was probably priority number one, because 
I go back to like trading cards. Um, yeah. You look at like jerseys that are being sold, shoes that are being sold, um, anything with an athlete's name and likeness that's being sold, they're the last ones to capitalize on it, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's what this is doing. And I think a lot of the bigger industries are really afraid because it's going to show just how big mm-hmm. of a market cap's out there of how much athletes or entertainers or anyone with a following that is, that's really been sacrificing. So that's probably the number one thing that I've looked at that's been enticing. That's getting athletes excited. Um, but yeah, that, that's kind of the gist of, that's probably the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. hundred percent. And then on top of that, you know, we don't know where web three is going a year from now, two years from mm-hmm. now. So this whole thing, two years from now, what you set out to do today could be completely transformed because the technology behind what it is that's that's powering Web3 could be different. Yep. Um, it's do you I guess getting back to basketball and we obviously have two trainers on here, so I guess you guys can kind of talk talk to this point together. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see other trainers or, or coaches as, I guess, quote unquote, competition, right? Do you see another trainer training somebody else and like, oh, okay, that's like my rival? Or is it kind of like one big happy family and you guys are just all training all, all happy now and whatnot? <laughs> no, so I'll, I'll, I'll go first. And I would be really curious to hear Chris's thoughts um, because it is a very strange industry because it come, mm. becomes very territorial at times, sure. which I think hurts, right? Because when you think about like, what is the reason we're here? The reason we're here is to help athletes. And if, if I have an athlete that decides I'm going to go work with Chris for a while, cool. Like if you feel like that's putting you in the best spot to become better, I'm all for it. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this game is very mental, right? And if you don't believe you're at the spot that you want to be, then you need to go work with someone else that can get you there. Um, So for me, I think early on my career, I was very territorial because I was trying to prove myself and I was hungry for it. And I, I wanted to feel like, it's like this elusive thing that you're chasing of like, I want to be recognized as the best trainer in the world when really none of that matters at all. It's like, are you doing a great job with your clients? And if you're doing that business will always come around. Um, and I think there's, there's more than enough out there for everyone to eat. So I I've gotten, it was really, um, I think it was really after when Kobe and Gigi and the girls passed away, it, it caused me to really shift my mindset because yeah, it was like, this isn't important, right? At the end of the day, it's just not important. What is important is like building relationships, applying for my family mm-hmm. and really just chasing my dreams and going after my dreams. Yeah. So that's why like people may look at what I'm doing now with trying to go into like a web three, building a company is like, he's wasting an opportunity because it's mm-hmm. hard. It's hard when you, when you have established yourself in that way and you're like, okay, I need a new challenge. And that's what it looked like for me. Um, so, you know, what I try to do now is just learn, learn from other, other great trainers. Like I follow Chris, of course, on all socials and I'm trying to steal stuff from him whenever he can give it away. <laughs> we got to get you shooting underwater with a robot. Yeah, with one shooting hand to one of them spike yeah. rims. <laughs> but mm-hmm. like, you know, like I, I've really grown to respect a lot of different trainers and not everyone has the same approach, which is fine. And I think that's where early on in my career, I was like, this is the only way you train athletes because that's what I really believed in. But it was being around, you know, like I've been around Trey Young since he's been in high school. Like I've worked with him since he was at Norman North. So between him Mm. and Kyrie and Candace Parker and and Kobe and Melo, they all have little different approaches to it, which tells me there's not one recipe. It's gotta be baked specifically for that athlete. So 
that's what I'm trying to kind of put my ego in the back seat and say, my way is not the right way every single time. It's just depending on who the athlete is. So that's where I've, I've really become open-minded and try to just, you know, put my ego aside and learn. Well, we are in the midst of the finals. So we have to ask you about the finals. First and foremost, going to Clay Thompson, I had Clay Thompson as my potential finals MVP. Doesn't look like that's going to happen. Shut up, Christian. Why are you laughing? That was a serious <laughs> prediction. I really believed in Clay, Rocco, and the whole. It's not. Team. It's not a bad prediction, honestly. It's not a bad prediction, and yeah. it could still possibly come true. But one oh, thing we man. spoke about on the podcast a little bit earlier is that although we've seen glimpses of Clay pre-injury, we haven't seen it consistently, and that could just be that he hasn't had a full season to get his legs. You can also see in his defensive abilities, his laterals a little off. When he shoots, you know, he doesn't have mm -hmm. the same hops in his legs. Um, how would you help him kind of break out of his recent struggles? Is it, again, just not having a full season? Is it something he can kind of, like, switch on for games three through seven? Or is it just simply something that, you know, when you have two catastrophic injuries, you have to adjust the type of player that you have to become? Will we ever see Clay go back to Clay pre-injuries? Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah, I... I think it's a mixture. I think that any Achilles injury, if you look at like the history of it, it usually takes about 18 to 24 months before you really know what kind of player that you're going to be. Mm. So that's where I'm giving Clay a little bit of pass in that sense. Mm. The other thing I would say just from a training aspect would be um, l let the game come to you a little bit more. I think at times he presses because he's trying to prove he's still that guy and you could see it. Right. And I think that's where I always try to keep it very simple when when I break down film, especially when you get late into the season, because guys are naturally overthinking and you know that every coach is in their ear because they're stressed out and they need to win so they can progress in their career. So I try to go like right. very low key. Let's simplify it. Let's get the player relaxed and let's say, hey, here's what's happening. Here's how we fix it. Cool. And that's the end of the discussion. So um, I try to be really, really simple in that in that sense. You know. A lot of what you were saying, the training mind is here. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it man. Is. And that's why he's he's one of the best. And and to piggyback what he was saying, it's like, you know, when you're in competition with other people, you really mislead and lose your focus in life. And he'll tell you, like, mm. a lot of trainers be online, you know, combating with each other. And he could tell you, I've never done that because mm -hmm. Um, I'll text him, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He'll text me, hey, how you doing? But it's always positive love because it's it's not about us. It's about it's about the client. Like he's trained Bobby Portis before. I've trained Candace Parker before. We've, mm -hmm. but it's not where it's like, oh shit, Bobby, why are you training with him? Like he's saying, I don't, I don't really care. Cause right. if Bobby wants to train with another person, he can. If Candace, they're human beings, they're not our cattle. And I think <laughs> a lot of trainers get caught up in where they think they look at the player as their property. And when you look at yeah. somebody like that, you really lose your focus in life. And that's why I'm happy for trainers like him that are doing other things because it reminds me of myself. I'm not just a trainer. He's not just a trainer. He's a businessman. I'm a content creator. But does that mean we're not yeah. good trainers? No. It just want, mm -hmm. it just shows we want to do other things in life. So keep up the great work, brother. And you already know I'm a huge fan for sure. I appreciate you. Uh, yeah. Appreciate you. You know, Alex, before we let you go, I do have a question. Is there a player whose growth in any area you take more credit for than anybody else like is there anybody that you helped more than anybody else that was like you know what wild question is no because no because listen right so say lethal say you started working with grant williams and he was shooting seven percent from three and this <laughs> right. year he's shooting 48 percent. you're gonna be like dang i i caused a 40 percent jump in his three-point percentage no. i'm sure that would feel good I 
Alex, right. you don't got to do it if you don't want to, but I'll answer just, for him. I might be the person that laid down the foundation, but throughout the year, um, there, there are other people. That work in. He's putting the work mm-hmm. in. You know what I mean? So, but if the player comes out, and Alex would tell you this as well, like where they were like, damn, like, you know, today was a great game. You know, my trainer, Alex, he blah, blah, blah. All right, cool. He'll, he'll yeah. then come out and say something. But if mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, it's so many guys that work with certain guys doing certain things. You know what I mean? So he can't, he can't come out and say, Kyrie is doing something because of him. You setting the <laughs> man up. Oh, right? no. I don't know, Ethan. You speaking for him. You that speaking for him. That is why Christian is not a trainer. Christian. Hey, Christian. You're going to. He'd be like, so, no, he'd be like Diddy back wow. in the bad boy era. All of the videos. <laughs> wow. All nobody, up on the stage. Nobody wants to show me love. It's like, oh, you know what? Oh, Alex, I, will, I, I will answer your question. And there we oh, go. Wow. There's See, one, look at that. There's just one person that I will take credit for. And it's my fiance. Okay. Just because. Just because. Oh, I she's like, tough. I like, I like proving. I'm like, yeah, but like without me, I don't know if you right, want right, that right, right. to. Right, 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 right. That, that's the only I like time that. I really have power in the relationship. So I got to use it right. when I can. So, uh, but right. no, yeah, like oh, what, what Chris was saying is, is right. Like at the end of the day, like there's so many different people that play a part in it from yeah. the athletic trainers to the coaching staff. Right. And I don't think they get enough credit. It's funny. Like the trainers, I've talked a lot about this with my friends. Trainers have the best job in the world because we always get praise when a player plays well, but if a player yeah, doesn't right. do well, like we're really, off the grid a little bit other yeah. than i know chris gets yeah. some slack every now and then because he's such yeah. a huge name but <laughs> you know i don't give a fuck uh, yeah but, <laughs> uh, it's, it, it's all love though it's all fun so uh yeah. but yeah before we let you go and before you know sean diddy combs over here wow. you know take, you just take give me credit, a new nickname every take week. credit <laughs> for something else we gotta get your oh, nba finals predictions right oh, now yeah we need tied one we need one that. heading yep. back to boston that boston crowd is not easy to play in mm-hmm. as a knicks fan i know them well um, who do you have? Who do you have coming out on top? Is the series going seven, six? What is it looking like? I hope it goes seven. I love when series go seven, mm. but so Jason Tatum from St. Louis have to show love to him, but I still think that the Warriors are the better team. And I, I had the Warriors in six before the series started. Me so too. I'm, I'm going to stick with that. Yeah. That's what mm. I had too. Yeah. You had, wait, Ash, yeah. you had what in six? I had Warriors in six. Warriors in six and Clay played finals in pull MVP. Up, pull, Excuse she you, did. pull up Sports Illustrated. And he said, did I've you hear the second part that. he just said? Say, say the second part, Alex. And Clay and Clay Finals MVP. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. This is I bad. didn't say Alex that's did. Ashley. I'm, I'm oh, okay. Okay, 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 okay. No, you by yourself, Ash. <laughs> oh, you are Steph. Y'all okay. going to oh, be eating your words if Clay Thompson wins that trophy. We'll just show you love that if that happens. Thank that you love. very yeah. much. <laughs> uh, Alex, thank you so much for stopping by. Plug yourself. Let let the people know where to find you and what you're working on. Yeah, you can find me on all uh, socials at, at Alex Bazell and then uh, at Through the Lens is the company that we're running. So uh, I appreciate you all taking the time and having me on. It was fun and I'm sure we'll do it again soon. That's Absolutely. at Alex Bazell so with the NFT profile picture. You know the vibes. If you got an NFT as your profile picture, that means you know where the money's at. Thank you, Alex, for stopping by. We appreciate you for stopping on the pod, man. Thank you. Shout out to Alex for coming on, man. That was a really good time. Uh, That was dope. Now let's see what's going down on the timeline. You know the vibes. You know what time it is. It's time to scroll down the timeline. It's on the TL.
Okay, first thing on the timeline, I nearly stopped in my tracks when I saw this tweet from LeBron. First off, he said, jumping on someone's podcast soon, maybe my own. I mean, Brian, what you what you talking about, baby? This is Certified Buckets on Uninterrupted. This technically is your podcast. Come through, right? Do we have to have... What would we ask? If, if, if we had Brian on the pod, what would we ask him? Come on. I know I y'all, mean, y'all honestly, been cooking I would up just, for a minute. I would, I would love to ask him, you know, what inspired him to make a school for his community and most importantly, help lead the next generation um, to greatness. Like, that's, that's motivation right there for sure. Ash, I know you got some questions that you would I ask. would ask him, one, if I can be Lola Bunny in Space Jam 3. <laughs> um, I would ask him, two, what the hell happened with him coming to the Knicks? Um, you know, how did that go so wrong so quickly? And is that window of opportunity still potentially open? Um, And also... I would ask him about his new billionaire status. I think that's mm. a huge accomplishment. I know some people have mixed feelings about billionaires and things blessing. like that. And, you know, do we need billionaires? But I think, you know, somebody coming from where LeBron came from, the kid from Akron and, you know, the NBA being so different than what it is today. I think a lot of what it is today is because of him. You know, he, yeah. you know, created that whole player empowerment wave and if he didn't create it he perfected it and he mm -hmm. kind of made a modern blueprint and i think that as an active player to reach that status and that to for that to not come from your on court endeavors i mean you look at the numbers it has the most of it comes from everything that he's done off the court and i think right. that that needs to go ahead and be celebrated and discussed and i think that it's definitely a blueprint for other players to look at that yeah, what you do on the court is important, but what you do off the court is even more mm. important because that's where yeah, the longevity is and that's where the life-changing, you know, money is and that's where the, you know, your life-changing opportunities are and we've seen that. So there's a lot of things to talk to LBJ about, but he's got to come and talk to us first. So I'll bring the Lobos. Moving on to number two. You know what else I need to have? Lito, I need a pair of your sneakers. I could not <laughs> no, I believe it, bro. I got to get you your got... shoe sizes. What trainer y'all know Get PEs. Absolutely incredible. It's I don't know. I don't sure. know if y'all been keeping I'm up with Lethal's Instagram. I'm boys, by the way. Oh, that's easy. That out I got there. that. Yo, What's you, just, Chris? I need a size 11. You know the vibes. Oh. I mean, 11. No. It might not be as easy, but, but we're going we to make it happen. you compete with NBA players. Now. Yeah. You <laughs> nah, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I need that. I got baby feet. Yeah. I, got, I got faith. No, absolutely. When I saw yeah. that, I was just so excited, so proud. I mean, that is a huge, huge accomplishment. I think that when, even when players come into the league, there's two brands that you would love to be signed to, either yeah. Nike or Jordan. That yeah. just, you know, represents the epitome of athletic, the athletic mountaintop, if you yeah. will, in some way, shape, or form. We got to start incredible. calling and I mean, they're fly too because no oh, shade gee. to people. No shade to people who have shoes out, but like sometimes people be the dropping shoes. Be mad and it's like, yo, nah, they, they'll on try your to set you up. Shoe, they'll they'll you'll mock up cute. stuff and they try to change it. But I stuck. I stood my ground. Lethal <laughs> pulled this. Anything. He pulled the soldier boy. The... <laughs> pulled first trainer with a sneaker. That's lethal, man. Love was to there see a it. particular reason for the colorway, for the look, like kind of, you know, what it represents? Yeah, the, uh, was... the concrete inside is a rose, grew out the concrete coming out of Washington, D.C. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, that's that's why we did that. And then the bottom part, actually, I didn't think of that idea. I was I was with Drake 
and he came up with the idea with the bottom part being like being rose. Yeah, so that was that was uh, when he thought that I said, "Wow, that's really creative." So I hit my shoe guy up, and I told him I wanted the bottom part to be looking like a flower as well. And wow. then they, and they did it. So it, it was it was it was it was tell a year the people and a half. what the sneakers called. Uh, it's a stay locked in shoe. It's the stay locked love in it. shoe. <laughs> yeah, the stay yeah. bro. If you put it on, it. you'll shoot like lethal shooter. Yeah, yeah. That's the, except that for you, the... Christian, probably not. <laughs> I know, right? I, I ain't got no shot aside. Yo, lethal. You guys. <laughs> Which current NBA player, since you since you are officially part of the the Nike sneaker family? Oh my god! Which it's NBA crazy. player right now has the best sneaker? Rest in peace, probably Kobe. Yeah, his, his, mm-hmm. yeah, like his his shoes feel really really good. Um, cause people don't know I have really, a really bad ankle issue. And when I, when I play in his shoes, I can do whatever I want. I don't feel like I'm like tippy toeing around. So I feel wow. like, I feel like Kobe's shoes are, are remarkable and the new Mamba, the new Mamba shoes are pretty sick. You know, honorable mention. Yeah. Kobe's are my favorite. The Kobe Grinches are my favorite basketball yeah. sneaker of all time. Nice. But yeah. I will say, honorable mention, KD has really uh, comfortable yep. basketball shoes. Sick. Mm-hmm. Sick shoes. Super yeah. comfortable. Sick shoes. Um, Kyrie has a really nice shoe Sick as shoes. well. Mm-hmm. Sick shoes. Um, I got a few of those. I feel like they are, after Kobe, it goes KD, Kyrie, probably. KD, Kyrie, like yep. Absolutely. They have the, the best performance shoes after Absolutely. After but Kobe. LeBron, back in the day, those yeah. concepts were yeah. sick. The yeah, straps and all those, yeah. those yeah. were sick. It got yeah. a little heavy. Yeah, kind of biggish. Yep. Clunky. I think, yeah, I think they've gotten away from the performance aspect and yeah. more trying to make it like a lifestyle shoe. But the only yeah. issue is, is like, if you look, it's very rare to have a basketball shoe that can also be a lifestyle shoe. I know. Yeah. You know, I know. and I think that you got to kind of pick a side. Jordan is like the epitome of like perfection. I know. Yeah. Like, I don't know how he does it's it. Both a, it's both a performance and a lifestyle and shoe, but yeah. it's very rare to strike lightning twice like that. Facts. So, yeah, I just feel like if you're going to be a performance shoe, you got to stick in that lane unless you're Michael Jordan and you just develop the formula. But it, it's hard to kind of walk that fence for sure. Moving on to the next thing I saw on the timeline. And Ash, I have to just cede the floor to you because Apple has added a new unsend oh, yes. feature. So you can now unsend text messages and you can edit the well, not yet. It's coming soon, right? Unless, unless I missed. It's the coming. Update. Yeah, Ash. it's coming on the IO new iOS. And it's coming right in time for summer. Do you Is understand it? what's happening? I don't know. Oh, Is it man. the new iOS? Is gonna be here before or after that? I don't know. Whenever it's know. coming, it's <laughs> gonna be bad because we gotta have people like Ash out here sending text messages at two a.m. talking about you up, and then two fifty nine comes and somebody's <laughs> up. And that text is gone. Ash, how, what's going on? <laughs> no, I'm about to be a demon. It's going to be sensational. <laughs> I can't wait. I Yo. cannot wait. You know how many times, like, Casamigos has got me in trouble, or mm. Lobos, rather, since we were on Uninterrupted, has gotten me in trouble. Facts, Lobos. Um, yeah, like, this is this is great. You know, this is taking my drunk texting to new heights um, <laughs> because now I can just be reckless. And I'm doing. You already know what. And yeah, people have asked me, well, 
What if they read it and you still unsend it? Well, if I unsend it and you read it, did you actually read it? I don't the think so. The answer is no. The answer is no. I'm going to be using that If a tree falls unsend. in the forest and no one's around to hear it, did it actually fall? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, I'm going to be using that unsend feature because they will be like, yo, I thought you was linking. Link? What? When right. did I say that? I'm not but linking you could nobody. Also change, you can also edit things. So like... If oh, I that's like bad. You, this is bad business, you, yeah. If I hit you with something like, hey, babe, and you piss me up, I'll be like, um, delete, delete. Hey, Christian, what's good, <laughs> bro? <laughs> the only person who loses from this are single men. You already oh, know the vibe. Single no, men are losing. Sensational. And, single you know, just to, just to put it out there, this, you know, people are like, well, you're so toxic. I didn't realize this about you. Me and Lori Harvey share a birthday. So do oh, that information man. what you will. Yeah, <laughs> We share an exact birthday. Oh, January this is 13th. Bad, bad stuff. So do that. Do with that information what you will. Connect whatever dots you need to. Just, just know, fellas, if you saw a text and you don't see it later, your eyes are not deceiving you. Oh, she just don't God. like you like that, brother. <laughs> right. And I'm adding one more thing on the timeline. You know, I'm going off script here because on the timeline is supposed to stop here. But I got one more thing that I just saw. Apparently. Hmm. It is more likely than not that DeAndre Ayton is on another team not named the Phoenix Suns next season. We have that report coming from The Athletic yesterday. Um, reactions to that, you know, DeAndre Ayton's a guy who's averaging, what, 18 and 10, something along those right. lines. Right. Didn't have the best last game uh, in the playoffs. Um, but we all know he's a talented big man who didn't get his money last year. Um, what do you guys think about how everything transpired and where could you guys see him playing? Not shocked. I think that seeing how that series ended, seeing, you know, whatever went down with him and Monty Williams. Yeah. Um, you know, and also knowing that he didn't go into this new season with his money. I think yeah. that he was always harboring a little bit of resentment towards not sure. having that deal done, especially with showcasing everything he showcased last series. And they didn't go ahead and, you know, go all the way. So, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it's also not a surprise. There were just so many notches in that belt, so many strikes against the Phoenix, Phoenix Suns organization with him yeah. um, that I think that it just kind of got to the point where maybe it could no longer be rectified. And yeah. like I said, whatever happened with Monty Williams may have just been the nail in the coffin. I think yeah. that had he gotten paid by the organization, had they you know showcased some sort of faith in him, and that situation with Monty happened, they would have squashed in the locker room and, you know, it would have been good to go. But I think you add that with the fact that the organization didn't show any faith in him by paying him. That is just yeah. like, yo, why am I here? Like, don't exactly. even play me. Like, let me stay healthy for the next team that's actually going to go ahead and and show that they want me here because you guys clearly don't. So don't play me. Don't talk to me. I'm done. I'm out. And I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, you know, we all knew this was coming. Yeah. In terms of a new landing spot, I think I'd mention San Antonio if he leaves in free agency. I think That'd Dallas be would be a nice spot for him. Yeah, Ooh. Dallas. Where else? I mean, we're talking about they're probably going to want to trade him so they get something back. Where, where is, is there a dream destination, Nash? What about what about Aiden on the Knicks? Don't you want to see him play for uh, the Knicks? I would. I would. It depends on what I'd have to give up for him, though. Yeah. Um. You know, I'm not. I'm not a fan of ever doing a love him to death, love him to death. But I'm never doing a, another Carmelo Anthony trade ever again. Yeah. Like I'd never yeah. want to see something like that where you just trade away your entire future for a player who, you know, is 
was aging. He wasn't like a spring chicken anymore. Right. And on top of that, like, yeah, you have this superstar talent. You have this NBA all-star. But you gave up so much to get But him. I don't have anybody to surround him with. So it's it's Carmelo Anthony around, you know, Raymond Felton and a bunch of, no shade, Raymond, but like, you know, <laughs> like there's, there, where where's the help? So Hey, I mean, Raymond Felton was hooping back there. An aging, an aging Jason Kidd and a Rasheed Ball Don't Lie Walt. Like, it's just, yeah. there's no help. So... I think if DeAndre Ayton can come in and you can keep the young guys, you can keep RJ Barrett, you can keep Quentin Grimes, you can keep Julius Randle. I know he's not a young guy. And you can maybe trade just some picks and some of the, you know, the, um, I hate to say it, but the tangibles rather. Yeah. yeah I would love to see that. You yeah. obviously can't keep Mitchell Robinson. You'd have to give him up, but I think you're getting DeAndre Ayton. You're okay with trade. that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Ash, which yeah. Knicks team was better? The one right before the mellow trade or the one right after i'm talking about the team that had landry fields the team that had raymond felton i think amari stoudemire was on that before the before the mellow trade you had a bunch of you you remember that you know that it was team. definitely it was definitely the one after only because stat was constantly hurt there was mm. a point where like he just seemed like he was hurt more than he was available it's yeah. definitely after i know a lot of people you know talk a lot of shit about the Carmelo Anthony era, but Carmelo <laughs> brought us to playoffs. You know, yes, Carmelo, we saw somewhat of a level of success. That Amari Stoudemire era was, there was a lot of expectation and yeah. there was a lot of hope, but there was so much disappointment because it just did not manifest into anything. Like it was, right. it was bad. It Easy was a facts. sad time to be a Knicks fan. I've seen a lot of despair in my time as a Knicks fan. Disp yeah, I've seen just as much, if not more, despair in my time as a Jets fan. So, mm. oh, hate to see yeah. It. Yeah, sorry, hate to see hate that. To see yeah, it. you win. <laughs> now you win. Sorry, guys. Sorry to hear that. Before we end the show, it's time for my segment. You know what they say: it takes two to tango, but it takes one to get buckets. That's oh, pretty good. All right, it's, then. It's, it's, uh, you've done that better. Is a Josh, good one. That, that was still good. That was great. Verified with our stamp of approval, it's the certified bucket of the week. My certified buck of the week, I'm going to go with Skylar Diggins because um, a few, I think it was a few weeks ago, her and a teammate got into it. And I think people online were trying to like make fun, making fun of the WNBA and saying that, you know, the, the one thing I noticed, I don't know if you guys notice this, but when like women show emotion in sports, people always like find it funny. You know what I mean? And I'm like, mm -hmm. what, what the hell's funny? They're competitive, just like your favorite male athlete. So people were like making fun of them for being mad at the bench. But how many times have we seen NBA guys get mad on the bench and people don't say anything so people have to understand these athletes are human beings where they're going to have emotions where they're going to have ups and downs you never know what somebody's going through and for her to bounce back um the other day she had about 27 plus points and she came back and played a great game i just want to say to all the athletes out there keep up the great work mm -hmm. and most importantly to all the people out here listening to this podcast you know just show more respect to the wnba and, 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 and if you have something negative to say you know just just don't say anything at all and, and i know i shouldn't do this guys but nine times out of ten when i click on pages to try to make fun of the wnba it's always that that guy that's like, you know, it's just mm -hmm. his page is just mad. Like you could tell he doesn't play no sports. He's just on the on the social media lurking. So it's just like it's getting mad corny. It's just yeah. it's just mad corny. Yeah, it's time for us to to dead the stigma that, you know what I'm saying, women's basketball is not fun. And half the time the people right. that are having this opinion aren't even watching it. 
right. to then have that opinion. They're just it's it's a lot of group thing, right? Like one person right. is saying something that I was like, oh no, nah, women's basketball is trash. There's no fun. Like, nah, women's basketball is mad fun. It's X's right. and O's hoops. You see, yo, one of the most fun experiences I have ever had watching basketball, and it's every time she plays. You watch Diana Taurasi take the floor, bro. Oh, the white learn. mama. Oh my goodness, learn. she is yep. a killer out there. And if that yep. does, if you don't like watching Diana Taurasi play, then you really don't like basketball. Maybe, yep. maybe you just like guys running up and down the floor. I don't know. You just, you just don't like basketball. Moving on. Um, my certified bucket of the week is a member of this podcast. It is Lethal Shooter. Oh, Why is it Lethal Shooter? Thanks, man. Lethal, Thank you, you, you posted your. College Reel on Instagram. I'm going to read a little bit of this caption real quick. I post so much fun and creative things on social media that sometimes I have to post the real. It's crazy to think that after all these years, I still hold records that haven't been broken. And guess who commented on the Lethal Shooters post? Somebody I cover for the Brooklyn Nets, none other than Kevin Durant. Stop it. Now, Kevin Durant goes as the easy money sniper. And KD said, of Lethal Shooter, real sniper, in-game sniper, one of the best shooters I've played with ever. Mm-hmm. You got similar praise from David Vanterpool, who's also in the... Hey, that's two people from Brooklyn. What's going on? <laughs> stay Let me tuned. find out, like, Lethal. Nah. But okay, stay tuned. I'm playing, I'm playing. Got I'm some playing. Lethal, lethal goes him. to the Nets, and I'm going to have a situation on my hands. Hey, I won't need the podcast. If the Nets you pick got, me up as a player, we're all getting filet mignon. You got Nate Robinson on here talking about, bro, ain't no way they didn't have you join the NBA at some point. Shaking yeah. my head. Lethal. Yeah. You are my certified bucket of the Thanks, week of the you, season. Bro. You are getting buckets on the court, off the court. Brother, just talk, bro. How's it feel, man? No, it feels good because I think me and you spoke about it about two days ago that, you know, sometimes people, they they get confused on who yeah. I am. You know, that's mm-hmm. why it was good when Phil was on here. He said what he said where, you know, we worked alongside each other training guys because people don't know what I really do. I don't post my real life. Yeah. on social media so i use social media for skits like not to yeah. sound funny so i said to myself the other day you know what? i'm just gonna post a few uh, some basketball just so people can know like the guys that i'm training this is what i actually did i'm not i'm not one of those influencers that's a youtuber that's out just here training nba players yeah. exactly so you know when me and chris spoke about that the other day i said you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna post something, so just 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 yeah. do that out there. But 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 you know the skits are coming right back, so because <laughs> <laughs> you know we got we got some trainers that's quote unquote trainers, yeah, right. That's not really trainers, and then we got people like you who actually yeah. have the receipts, right? You got yeah, Grant yeah. Williams hitting threes in Game yeah. Seven, and Game Six yeah. to keep the Celtics alive. You got Grayson yeah. Allen. Improving yeah. year over year, brother. This is just me yeah. giving you your flowers, brother. Just you wait. When the bucket. Knicks finally call me up, I'm going to hit you up, Lethal. I'm just waiting. When they finally oh, nah. call me, it's over. It's nah, over. I have I'm some bringing, great a, talks chip with to, them I'm this bringing a chip to MSG. Just yeah, get ready. Tuned. Lethal stay is tuned. on a short list of anybody who can't shoot. I, and that's, <laughs> that's got to be the best feeling for you, bro, is knowing that, okay, this multi-million dollar athlete can't shoot to save his life, and I'm oh the first person he calls. It's you know what I'm saying? Like, I definitely don't take it for granted. I love, I appreciate both of you guys, man, for amazing, bro, being there for sure. Well, for me, I'm closing out my certified bucket with the fan, not God, and that is Jay Cole. Okay, oh, yeah. he made his debut in the Canadian Basketball League, the Scarborough Shooting Stars. Now look, 
It's not like he's doing anything, you know, sensational <laughs> out there. He only has six points so far. Hey, six more points than he has scored. Yeah, that's six a lot. Points. I I'm surprised they let them get that off. Six hey. points total. I think they played oh, three games. Total. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, still six more points today. I thought he was averaging he's, six he's, points. No, he's, yeah. average, he's averaging a point and a half per oh, game. What, what's his oh. field goal but, percentage? Let me get those stats. You gotta, y'all got to get this verbiage right before y'all say stuff. <laughs> field, field goal percentage is point thirty-three. Okay, right. so he's making one out of every three shots. Lethal, you could that's tell us that. Bad. I'll that's take not bad. I guess league defense, that's, you know what I'm saying? I'll that's... take that. I'll Listen, take Because the guys um, he's playing against, I played against those guys. The guys that's on his team, Olu, he was my starting uh, three-man when I played in Canada. And Olu's a beast. Like, mm. this dude's a, like, the people he's playing next to are certified killers. Right. Mm. And listen, I'll say this about J. Cole. I just really appreciate and respect his commitment to actually yeah. play yeah. basketball. Right. He knows right. he's not, you know, Kevin Durant or LeBron James out there, right. but he goes out there and he competes and he looks like he's having fun and he's passionate about the game of basketball. We've seen him in so many different formats, whether it's the celebrity game, whether it's when he went over and played in Africa, now it's in Canada. And you just have to appreciate the fact that somebody who does not need to do this is really yeah. dedicating the time to do this. And whether yeah. or not he's, you know, dropping 40 points a game, you have to go ahead and appreciate the commitment and you have to appreciate the hustle and the grind. He's not, you know, looking for handouts. He's out there. He's yeah. working. He's competing. He's going to, you know, practices and training camps. And he could be, you know, chilling in the studio and, and going on tour or on mm-hmm. vacation. And he really is just, and not only that, but I think with J. Cole's presence, in these leagues that people aren't familiar exposure. with, it yeah. helps with exposure. Yeah. You know how yeah. many people weren't familiar with the the basketball league in Africa or in yeah. Canada? Now they know. Yeah, you know, he's I think selling it's... out gyms, he's selling out arenas because people want to see J. Cole hoop. But they don't know that by doing that, you're also supporting these up and coming leagues or these leagues that aren't getting exposure. And it's it's a win win situation. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's also time that some people start putting some respect on J. Cole's basketball name, right? Yeah. When we saw him go to Africa and play, we saw some people saying, oh, he only got that role, he only got that spot because he's J. Cole, right? No respect to his game whatsoever. But now to go to a different league and get another right. roster spot and be dropping right. points, right, and be playing real minutes, nah, he he wants to play. He's committed to getting better, clearly. He wants to get better. He wants to help his team win. Nah, J. Cole can hoop. He's certified. Mm-hmm. J. Cole's a certified It's the same bucket. people. It's, it's the potato chip warriors. The same people Facts. who are on Twitter talking about women can't hoop. You, <laughs> you know, know what? I got a good while skit. I'm while, they're eating, while they're eating Lay's out of a bag. Like, I please shut the skit. hell up. All right, guys. So that does it for this episode of Certified Buckets. It's a rippity, rippity rap. How you feeling? I Great. feel vindicated. You know why? Uh, why? Because people <laughs> like to act like crypto and NFTs. Ugh. Is not really the future. Jesus and guess what? Christ. We just heard from Alex. That's we where did. We KD's did. putting his money in the company. We got yep. Melo putting their money in the company. You got all these yep. athletes putting their money in the Web3 space. And y'all over here asking me we why I got NFTs. We listening to you. Listen we listening to you. We don't doubt that it's the future. We just don't mm-hmm. get it. There's a difference. Like, it's okay. You, you don't got to get it. Don't fault me for not understanding. I also okay. cheated my way through high school algebra, so I'm probably not the best person. <laughs> so, you to ask know this. what? I, I was the person that helped the people that was cheating. You know what I'm saying? So shout just, out, get, 
Give Shout me a out call. to Michael Jacoby. Uh, appreciate you for getting me through high school algebra. You were Michael one. Jacoby is I'm hilarious. I'm sorry I never made good on giving you my phone number like I promised, oh, but I do yeah. appreciate See? you helping me pass. Terrible. Text messages about to be deleted, unsent, right. edited. Ash getting back to her old ways. You hate to see oh it and you love God. to see it at the same time. Well, listen, time. what you can't undo is when you do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button, rate five stars, and drop a review if you're listening on Apple. And shoot your shot on social media at Certified Buckets. No vowels in the word buckets. And we're on all social media platforms. We want to hear from you. And if you come correct, you might just hear your comments on oh, our goodness. next show. Until next week, we are out. Peace. NFT boys, we out. <laughs> oh my God. We outside, NFT boys. You know the vibes.